Chapter Nine of Titus, a Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Titus, a Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter Nine. Say, young man, thou lookest to have a sturdy back. Wilt thou not help us with our burden? The speaker was one of four men who were bearing some apparently heavy load between them and the person to whom he addressed himself was titus who with stephen was returning from a fishing expedition on the lake the two were well laden with the spoils of their evening's work and with the fishing nets yet at the sound of the voice they stopped and moving toward the spot where the four men stood they perceived that the burden which they had been carrying was one of the light beds or sleeping mats and that upon it lay the figure of a man apparently helpless thou seest went on the first speaker that we have undertaken to carry this young man to the house of simon the fisherman for it is there that jesus of nazareth bideth and we hope that he may be able to heal him at this the man on the pallet groaned audibly but one of our bearers is an old man and infirm and he hath not the strength to proceed further so that we are in a bad case in that we can go neither forward nor back unless young man thou wilt help us i will gladly help thee said titus here stephen canst take my net and these fish i will carry them for thee broke in the quavering voice of the old man who had by this time somewhat recovered himself and a father's blessing be upon thee if thou dost help my poor boy to find the healer oh father groaned the sufferer upon the bed what is the need of it all hath not the priest told me over and over again that i suffer on account of my sins and that i must needs bear it for it be laid upon me by the almighty surely it is unrighteous to attempt to escape the judgment of the most high for thou knowest that i am a sinner above all men ah the rabbis the rabbis grumbled the old man i know that they have told thee that but i know thee that thou art a good lad as lads go none of us be righteous altogether and i am thinking that were the almighty so minded he could put us all on our beds and justly for we have all gone astray there is not one righteous no not one is it not true lads the men murmured assent while titus felt the blood rise guiltily to his face come come now said one of the bearers briskly "'Tis time we were getting along. "'Now then, take hold. Steady!' "'And the four, with their burden, "'set off at a rapid pace down the street, "'the old man and Stephen following with the nets. "'My poor boy, my poor boy,' murmured the old man, "'as if to himself, shaking his head sadly. "'Hath he been long in this way?' asked Stephen sympathetically. "'Since he was eight years of age,' said the father. "'He was run over by a Roman chariot, poor lad.' There was some heathen festival or other in Tiberias where we lived then, and the boy was minded to see it. His mother bade him stay at home, but he escaped from her notice, and the first we knew of it the neighbors brought him to us half dead. Ah, twere a pity, a pity! He was a lusty lad ere he was hurt, never had broken our commands before that day. Since then he hath lain constantly on his bed, for some way the hurt took all the life and feeling from his limbs, so that he cannot move them. After a while we came to Capernaum and his mother hath not ceased to pray for his recovery. May the Almighty grant it as he did the prayer of Hannah. But the rabbis will have it that he is suffering for sin, and in a way he is, poor lad, for it is true that he disobeyed. But we have all gone astray, all gone astray, and he hath been so patient. Thou knowest, boy, that David hath it in one of the Psalms, that, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. And I know he must pity my poor patient lad. "'What was it that thou didst say about a father pitying his children?' said Stephen eagerly. "'Wilt thou say it to me again?' 
the old man repeated the verse and then said somewhat severely dost thou not know the scriptures boy at thy age i can repeat the psalms and much of the law nay but my father is a greek and i have not been taught then thou art a heathen said the old man slightly drawing away from the boy as they walked but thou art a good lad i know it by thy face and i am not stiff-necked like the rabbis it hath been reported that he whom we seek doth teach and heal all who come to him even publicans and sinners tis a true saying said stephen eagerly i was a cripple and he healed me he did not ask if i knew the psalms or the law nor whether i went to the synagogue i did not even ask him to heal me i was asking for another and dost think that the father who pitieth the children is the father he speaks of so often assuredly was the answer he is also the god of abraham of isaac and of jacob and who are they asked stephen innocently oh boy thou art indeed a heathen groaned the old man thou must go to the synagogue and hear the reading of the scriptures i will do that said stephen earnestly thou knowest that i could not till lately for i was helpless at this point in the conversation they saw that the bearers had again placed their burden upon the ground and were straightening themselves to ease their aching backs the old man came forward and stood beside the bed looking fondly down upon the wasted features of its occupant doth the shaking of thy bed as they walk hurt thee my poor boy nay father the jolting hurteth me not as doth my sinful soul he cannot heal me i am so sinful so wicked twere better to take me back and let me die in peace dost thou see me said stephen in his clear boyish treble kneeling beside the bed i am a heathen thy father hath said so yet he healed me he healed philip the blind man whose eyes had been burned out for what i know not but he he was a sinner he hath healed multitudes and none of them priests or rabbis or pharisees he will heal thee thou dost not know him he pitieth his children like the father in heaven and he loveth them as never a mother loved thou wilt see it when thou lookest into his face the young man fixed his great mournful eyes upon stephen and when he had finished speaking he said who art thou art thou an angel and indeed in the moonlight the lad seemed not unlike one as he kneeled by the bed his hands clasped in his earnestness nay nay lad he is not an angel spoke the cracked voice of the old man he is only a little heathen lad as he saith truly for he knoweth not abraham isaac and jacob but for all that he's a good lad thou must cheer up for it is true that the nazarene hath healed greater sinners than even thou my poor child here take a swallow of this wine it will strengthen thy heart so saying he produced a small gurglet of wine from his girdle and proceeded to administer some of it to the invalid then all set forth as before they were not far from simon's house now and as they approached it became evident that a great crowd was assembled there for they met numerous groups coming away many of them complaining loudly that they could neither hear nor see the old man looked anxious i fear that we cannot see him now that we have come so far my poor boy my poor boy do not let him hear thee besought stephen laying a warning hand on the old man's arm let us go on we shall surely find him their progress was now necessarily slow as the crowd grew denser finally the four set their burden down for a moment to rest and that they might consider the situation what hast thou there said a passer-by a sick man and he looked over their shoulders at the bed i will tell thee something twere better to take him home again and as quickly as possible for he will not be healed to-night the master hath healed no one he is in an upper chamber in simon's house and is talking with the rabbis priests and pharisees who have come from all parts even from jerusalem to hear him then even if this were not so the house and every inch of the garden is packed solid with people not one of you could step inside the gate to say nothing of that bed and without waiting to see whether or not his advice was taken the speaker went his way humph 
"'Tis a sorry case,' muttered one of the men who had been helping to bear the bed. "'I had not bargained to carry this burden both ways. "'Oh, Benjamin, my son, my son!' wailed the old man, wringing his hands helplessly. "'I fear that we must take thee home unhealed.' "'Stay,' said Stephen, again coming forward. "'I know that we can find him if we try. "'Titus, wilt thou go and see if there be not some way to get in?' Titus was gone in a moment, and in a moment more was back again, flushed and panting with exertion. "'There is a stairway leading to the roof not far from the garden gate,' said he. "'I had thought if we could take him up there we might perhaps tear up a piece of the tiling and lower him into the chamber where the master is talking. I can repair the breach in an hour if one of you will help me.' "'Oh, Titus!' exclaimed Stephen. "'Tis a good thought. Let us go at once.' "'Hold!' said the old man. "'What right have we to injure our neighbor's roof?' then too would it not be a bold and unseemly thing thus to disturb the master more especially if he be discoursing to so many learned men god knoweth that i heartily desire the healing of my son but i like not thy plan young man it savoureth of unlawfulness o oh, father said the sick man with a sob if thou takest me back now i feel that i can never come again this hath so wrought on me that i feel the springs of life failing within me i pray thee try any way that will take me to him the old man hesitated Stephen whispered in his ear, Let us try it, I beg of thee. Well, well, do thy best, I care not. I will recompense Simon for the roof. It will do no harm to make the attempt. Lifting their burden, the four once again slowly advanced through the crowd, Stephen and the old man going in front this time and making a way for them. At length the gateway was reached, then came a struggle through the dense throng that filled every available nook inside the garden. Finally the stairway was gained, and in a moment more they were safely on the roof where, strangely enough, no one from below had hitherto come. Now, however, divining the purpose of the party with the sick man, the crowd began to surge up the narrow stairway. "'What art thou proposing, good friends?' called out one. "'To tear up the roof and lower this sick man into the presence of the master,' answered Titus. "'Then this is the spot to remove the tiling. He is in the chamber beneath. I will help thee,' said the man who had spoken first. In another moment a dozen willing hands were at work, a very short time sufficed to make a considerable aperture, and through it they quickly made preparations to lower the bed containing the sick man. As they lifted him, he murmured in a low tone, "'Where is he, the lad that was healed?' "'I am here,' said Stephen, coming forward. "'Have courage,' he whispered. "'I saw him through the hole in the roof. He will heal thee.' "'Now then, take a firm hold,' said Titus, and grasping the ropes which someone had brought and which were firmly knotted to the bed, the sick man was lowered carefully and steadily through the opening till his bed rested on the floor at the feet of Jesus.' There was profound silence for a moment, those in the chamber below startled by the strange interruption, and those crowded about the opening in the roof, breathless with anxiety for the success of their bold plan. The master had been sitting as he talked, but now he arose, and stooping over, gazed intently into the face of the sick man. In those pale, pinched features and appealing eyes, he read his whole pathetic story. Laying his hand upon the sufferer tenderly, he said, My child, thy sins are forgiven thee. Instantly there arose a murmur in the room, the words, He blasphemeth! God alone can forgive sins! God will smite him! came from one and other of the bearded and turbaned rabbis who sat about. Then the master raised himself up, and looking upon them with the eye of omnipotence, said slowly, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Turning to the sick man, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them all, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today.
End of chapter 9.